It's 3.10. My teacher's giving her final words of the day as I grab my book bag from underneath my desk. Go out the door. I grab my bike. Knowing I have about 18 minutes left going off my Tamagotchi. Racing out the school's back door, I see my brother. He's on the same mission as me. We reach home, fling the door open. Hi, Mom. Hi, Grandma. No, no homework today. We get to the TV. It's 3.28 now. Remote, remote, remote. Where, where's the bloody remote? Uh, okay, it's on the strong. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, channel 21. Dragon Ball Z will be back in a moment. I know the odds are against me, but if there's a way to win, I'm gonna find it. Dragon Ball Z now continues. Hey, I'm your host. Paul C. And I'm your host, Clay E. And this is... And this is... Vicurious. So, today's topic is going to be melanin and otaku, the intersectionality of black in anime. Growing up as a kid in the 2000s, I was really into uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Sailor Moon, Digimon especially, card captors oh man because um, my parents kind of um when we were living abroad my parents got me into watching like my neighbors totoro and i think from when i was three i was i probably my first word probably was like japanese so like what about you how like what is your experience with anime yeah i think for me my experience started with like pokemon you know Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, those saturday morning cartoons are kind of like were different where they're eating rice balls when they call them donuts or something like that you know i was like what is this and i think with most people from our generation i think the thing about anime that draws them in is like just the art style it's like different than like hannah barbara like you know um, oh wow you went to hannah barbara <laughs> throwing it back you know scooby-doo things like that <laughs> like it's a different level of like uh detail in the animation i noticed something also with the difference between us two you mainly focused on like card games like pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, where i was like dragon ball z yeah and this like i don't because me personally multifaceted <laughs> i didn't like Yu-Gi-Oh. i'm just not gonna front yeah. it wasn't my thing but um so going back to the topic so as a black kid watching mm -hmm. anime i don't know like can you tell me some of your experience um you know i guess i would say for, I would say a lot of uh, other African-Americans uh, that I was going to school at the time, like they all watched the same things that I did for the most part. It seemed like anime had really caught on with a lot of people. Um, and specifically in the black community, I think for so many reasons, because I think there's so much potential in uh, our communities. And I think potential is a really big part of anime. You know, it plays a really big, important uh, part of people's sagas. Like, what is their potential? You know, they're always training, they're always fighting, they want to be the best, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And so kids always see that and I think they want more of that. And I think that's something that we don't always see in like uh, more comedic and comedic things like Spongebob, you know, Fairly Odd Parents, you know, stuff that's on Nickelodeon. Like, people want to tap into that you know that raw potential i like, feel that be, it's yeah. like uh kind of like um the black community has a spirit bomb yeah. like forming over it <laughs> yes, yes and you know we're just waiting until freeze uh, pops out so we can pop, pop, <laughs> you know i feel you right yeah and i think it also goes to that part of like struggle like you know the character the anime character is always struggling against something and fighting against greater odds 
and you know often unfair you know structures and systems you know fighting against some greater evil and i think that really relates to us and speaks to us as black americans and black people all over just because you know the things that we have been through we've been living in such unfair you know conditions and systematic uh oppression i feel you know, that i so feel long. that yeah. that's like um the best example, we're going back to Dragon Ball Z since I feel like most people know Dragon <laughs> know Ball Z. One, yeah. Even though I'm personally, I'm in like a real anime watcher, Dragon Ball Z is not in my top 10. So mm -hmm. going forward, um, just letting you know. <laughs> so <laughs> for example, with uh, Dragon Ball Z at Frieza, the Frieza saga, I feel yeah. like the Frieza saga would be considered racist because Piccolo was black. <laughs> people always say Popo right. was the original black character in Dragon Ball Z. I'm saying Piccolo and Planet Namek was like the black community right yeah piccolo definitely had that black energy um people black people i don't think we really claim mr popo we always kind of like side-eyed him and like what, what is that supposed to mean you know like what who is that you know but it's interesting he's like an interdimensional yeah and so like on the subject of mr popo what's really interesting about him is that he is like the caretaker of like the lookout tower and he's like kind of bound to that place like he can't leave so it's really interesting. So he's like you in a subservient position. You knew the name of the tower in Dragon Ball Z? The Lookout Tower? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, but keep that going. That is like a hundred. Oh my God. Oh my God. I oh just remember God. it had the so, um so the metabolic time or hyper what's it called hyperbolic time chamber. hyperbolic time chamber <laughs> and you know they have hyperbolic time chambers in real life right yeah they do and my grandma would use it and I was like oh my God she's going hyperbolic <laughs> time she's going <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Popo was a caretaker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, and he couldn't leave, so he's in that subservient position. So you kind of have to wonder, like, what are the, you know, the authors thinking? And then, um, like, what drives him to make this black yeah, and black, 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 exactly. man, genie thingy, and have yeah, him act as a slave? Basically, doesn't like, he have red lips too? He has huge, he has <laughs> big red lips. Oh my god! Yeah, you kind of have to wonder about. <laughs> Uh, the design with that little bit being so he's not black though. So I, just to yeah, it's like literally I didn't like I, I found this online I've never thought of mr. Popo as being black until right, recently yeah. people were like oh, yeah, it's racist. He's black He's not black. Wasn't he a genie or something? Right. Yeah, exactly But you know again, he's like, you know, you have to wonder what black representation You know in anime that's like a whole other part like how are we portrayed? You know, by society often that doesn't, because, you know, anime is necessarily, is made in Japan, you know, it has to technically, you know, many people consider uh, what anime is, it has to be made in Japan. So it's being made by people who don't necessarily interact always with black people on a day-to-day -day basis. So they're kind of like going off of what they see, uh, usually in American media or what have you. So yeah, black representation uh, in anime is also just another point of, uh, of con not contention, but just of what we're looking forward to as far as like how we're going in the future and how we're being presented, right? Because you have black characters in like anime that like like Naruto and Bleach that are like really well done, and then of course you have like Afro Samurai, another great anime. Then you have Cannon Busters that just came out recently on Netflix, um, great representation, and then you also have like characters like in uh, let me see what it's called like uh, 
Far Off Neverland or something like that. Where's yeah. Far Off Neverland? What is the one where the, where the there's that one black girl? Her name is Jemima. <laughs> Promise. The problem is Neverland. Well, no, there we no, go. no, no, no. There's that's not one. There's two black. There's, there's two. Um, what's the sister? Her, her name is Sister or something like sister that. Sister something. No. Yeah, but even how she's drawn is a little bit, a little, somewhat, a little suspect. But I thought the, I thought for the most part it was okay. But I'm just like, why did they name the little black girl Jemima? But then that goes also back to like you know cultural differences too. Like maybe to them in you know Japan maybe it wasn't a big deal. Or like in America, okay, you know your ass is gonna get lit up or something like that. But maybe he thought he was being cute or something like that. Other authors. You know, so. uh, I'm dying. I'm sorry. Oh it was like Jemima. I mean, but in for in their defense, in their defense. The Promised Neverland was released back in what 2019, so it was yeah. way before the whole like um, Aunt Jemima I <laughs> mean, scandal. yeah, it was, she's out of business now. Yeah, oh all right. <laughs> so, moving along, we're gonna start talking about black representation. So, what was your what would you say is your first time seeing a black character in anime? Okay, let me see. Uh, first time. Okay, so I guess Brock from Pokemon doesn't count. <laughs> no, Brock. Doesn't. All the kids on the playground were like, "He's black." Anytime we had to like pick characters, so, but I guess he's not. Um, I think the first like real of like official black character that I saw in anime was actually like um, from Dragon Ball. So the predecessor of Dragon Ball Z, uh, and it was this guy named like Staff Officer Black, or later Commander Black, and he was a part of this. He was basically a bad guy. He was part of an army of people trying to take over the world. I think based off of like the Nazis or something like that, and some of, like the Red Ribbon Army is what they were called, and they were all like oh. they had General Blue, General White, and then the black guy was like Commander Black. <laughs> really quick, were General Blue and White were they blue and white, or were they just? What were they? I think they were most of the everyone mostly everyone was like white um, and then general the only black. black guy was general black okay so um, so maybe we're not gonna <laughs> count him because I don't remember him in Dragon Ball and no he got killed off he got killed off pretty I mean quick. technically this guy one thing I did like is that he wasn't like an idiot or anything like that luckily they portrayed him like as pretty smart unfortunately he was drawn with like comedically large lips a little bit but I feel like I, I kind of attribute that to like just a lack of um, creativity creativity and also just like yeah also because you know it's not easy it's not um, it's not hard to get people's lists right and actually put effort into like actually making them not you know giant hot dogs uh, for no reason because you know you can draw yourself you know you can draw your you know your features you know so well and so finally you can do it with other people too if you have that respect you see Dragon Ball already got like two strikes now for Mr. Popo it's an older one though so uh, you know at least the guy and then he was pretty smart for the most part you know he was a villain but you know he wasn't like I'm gonna need <laughs> what's the character of Dragon Ball Z I forgot but I'm gonna need Akira Toriyama Akira Toriyama <laughs> I'm gonna need him to do better so we're gonna ask him to do better yeah it's, it's 30 plus years now so yes. um, for me on that point, I would say um, even though I don't think it's really considered anime, I think the creator is uh, we looked at it, it was like Lin Marakami. He's a I believe he's a Japanese he's a Japanese American, but he mm -hmm. created um well he worked on Teen Titans. He was oh, the co-producer okay. of Teen okay. Titans, and he called it American anime. But um, in Teen Titans, you have Cyborg, who's also he's played by the guy who's the voice. 
he voices Cyborg, but he's um the black dude with the dreads in Walking Dead. I forgot, but he's a really talented oh, really? actor. No I'll I'll look him up and see if um Oh, Kari Payton. Yeah, yeah, Kari Payton. Who is also from Augusta, Georgia. Yeah, that brother stays working. I think he's Cyborg, uh, Aqualad, and Fuck Young Justice. That's what it is. <laughs> and, you know, he's doing the, the Walking Dead. But, um, so Cyborg, more or less, for me personally, was the f- first black representation I saw in anime. Mm-hmm. As well as the dude was from Augusta, so it didn't hurt. Yeah, definitely, definitely positive, strong black lead. Yeah. And then moving <laughs> forward, um, I guess, like, as I got older, I don't know, I guess we don't consider the Boondocks anime, but they technically, it was anime-inspired. Anime-inspired. Anime yeah. And then um, from the Boondocks, we move forward and we see, um, what's it called? Afro Samurai, which in 2009 was nominated for an Emmy. And I believe they won for Afro Samurai Resurrection, the movie that came out. And then the director, I think he's the first, I want to say it was the first Japanese anime that won an Emmy, at least an American Emmy. I don't think they have that in Japan, but I'm just going to assume they don't. (laughs) Um, But I remember they won an Emmy and they were the first, I want to say Japanese anime studio also to win an Emmy as well. It was, it was cool. You know, it's like boom for the otaku, boom. Mm -hmm. It's like win-win, right? Otaku, I'm a, my my otaku wins, my melanin wins. I love it. (laughs) I love, you know, a double win. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, there's so many anime stories out there. I mean, is it really, should it really be so strange to have one that's like centered on a black character with the main character? You know, I feel like we should have even more. We can tell different stories about all different kinds of people. So it's still a little bit interesting that um, it's such a big deal to have uh, such a successful anime about a black person, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, we've had um, what's it, Jaden Smith. He came out with his own That's anime right. series. Neo Yokio, yeah. And <laughs> so no matter how you feel about it, you know, love it or hate it, you know, he's definitely paying, you know, paying it forward in a sense and, you know, doing homage to something that, you know, probably has inspired him, anime, you know, culturally diverse uh, piece of work. You kind of see that anime is heavily influenced and, you know, it's, it's both ways, vice both versa, ways, yeah. uh, anime and hip hop. The black community and hip hop. Yeah, mm-hmm. correct. Are you gonna go up into space with your old man or not? Maybe I'll never get over this. I've lived my life following my dreams, and I don't have any regrets. You're gonna just keep running away? Just keep running away? So, segueing into our next subject. Did I say that right? Segueing? Segwing? You said it perfectly. All right, just checking. <laughs> so, segueing into our next subject, history of black African-American artists pushing anime forward. Mm-hmm. So, we were just talking about Jaden Smith, and yeah, Jaden Smith did his thing. I like that. But I just want to say that if Kanye had won that award, or if Kanye had been on that anime, he'd have been the best anime in the world. Because you know what? Kanye West, first off, 2007, Stronger. I'm sure Kanye would agree with that too. He would agree with that too. 
Um, so, so stronger. stronger. It was um, inspired by Akira, which is mm. like, you know, that's the OG anime right OG there. OG anime movie, yes. But you can see that Kanye was, even his generation, because he's, I guess he's in his 40s now, but his generation was also inspired by anime. So um, now I feel like Kanye kind of set the mold, and then you see new people coming out like, oh yeah, I'm into anime. I'm Rapping right. anime, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. like um, we have. Michael um, B. Jordan raps anime. Quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> he, but I feel like he he did like that. I don't want to cuss, but you know the the what? fuck boy. <laughs> it was just like yeah, yeah, you know. It, all, it takes all types. He was all like, time. I watched Dragon Ball Z and Naruto, yeah. and I was just like, mm, okay, but so does every other hotel. But then you have like, <laughs> <laughs> but but in his defense, he did also say he liked Attack on Titan. Shinjeki no Kojin. Shinjeki no Kojin. Yeah. Yeah, he liked it. So I'll say at least he's he's up to date with like, okay, which one? By the way, yeah. the sec, the next, I think the fourth or last season of Shingeki no Kojin comes out uh, next week. Throwing oh, it out okay. there. Yeah. So um, another artist that was um like on the scene now, like stardom, because back in the day you called you know otaku or you liked anime. You're like, yeah. oh, the weird kid. But now yeah. like shit, make the stallion, yada 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 yada. Yeah, she stays repping uh, My Hero Academia. <laughs> Which My Hero Academia? If you don't watch it, really good show. Don't really say. That. Is there any black people on My Hero? There's like one superhero who's black. It takes place in Japan, so not black heavy, but. Um... It's like one black superhero. Um, what's his name? Uh, one Punch? Not One Punch. <laughs> no, um, no, no. That's another anime. That's another anime. That's what's... another anime. Uh, his name is like Rock Lock or something like Not that. Not Rock Lock. Uh, who's the, the blonde haired dude from My Hero? Oh, All Might. All Might, yeah. All Might. All Might's American. Yeah, he's American. Yeah. yeah, okay, so why we only got one white American? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I'll take what we can get. Oh, then you have um, RZA. RZA, he... Uh, he wrote the Afro Samurai album. I don't think that's right. He wrote or produced it actually. Uh, produced. Yeah, cause I think writer credit. We were we searched it. Uh, we went to um, R Diggs. Yeah, yeah R Diggs. Um, RZA, who is SZA's namesake. We just gotta throw that out there. You know, love SZA. Um, yeah, but he he is a large impact. You can really see the the I guess culmination of the last twenty years with hip hop. And anime, like the, I guess the intersectionality, as mm-hmm. we like to call it. Yeah. Moving forward, we have, um, I mean, we've we've had some little, um, how would you say, some missteps with the 2017 live action Death Note. You had um, Lakeith Stanfield of Atlanta. He he works in, um, he's in Atlanta. Um, he's a really good actor, by the way. Um, he had a misstep where he was, um, you know, he was L in the, the live action of Death Note, which didn't really... Um, well, why do you say it's a misstep? 
Is this because I feel like anytime you have a live action anime, how many times has a live action anime like, oh wow, with white people, even if he's black, but mm-hmm. with white people or just non Asian characters well, done mean, well? They took the whole thing and they made it like more like Americanized. So I can't say he's any more out of step than maybe the whole thing was in general. So I guess the whole thing would have to be considered. Yeah, but he accepted the project. Would that be considered a misstep? Not necessarily. I think uh, the project was calling for more diversity, then, you know, he just stepped up to the plate. So and he's the he black did a good guy. Job. And would you say he did a good job as L? Because you said you yeah, liked him. he did a really good job. I but you just more job. or less you saying like if you come up saying. for diversity, you're just saying like oh, as a black guy who's on the front of you the- would prefer animes that were more uh, in line with how they were originally presented. It's kind of yeah. closer with the source. Whereas everyone was Japanese in that one originally. You see, I'm always kind of weird about that. That also, I mean, that could be another topic for another day mm-hmm. when we talk about like um, where they always have to put a black character. Like, you know, when there's always this ruckus where they put this black person <laughs> in this character who everyone assumed mm-hmm. was white. Like, mm-hmm. Hunger Games that stuff. You know how many racist comments came out of Hunger Games because of that? But um, so you feel like when they just add a black character in uh, instead of like having you know actual ca- black character, I'll be black. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, I think in that case, I think they were just making like the whole cast different, just hiring different actors. So I think I could see why. But I mean, um, I think one way to do black representation is to like make it ourselves, right? That's true. But uh, that's not even black representation. That's just a, a live action anime, mm. not doing justice to the source material but so i was speaking on lakeith was because um lakeith is going to be the the lead actor or the lead voice actor mm. in yasuke oh yeah the new yasuke okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yasuke yasuke yeah yasuke i apologize mm. <laughs> but yeah lakeith is going to be the um the lead voice actor for yasuke and um it was produced by the Cannon Busters dude, what's his name? Yeah, LaShawn Thompson, yeah, who's also done work, uh, work on the Boondocks. Yep. I, I love that it kind of like, it's, um, you see the progression there where it was like, he, if, okay, so we have the Boondocks, and mm-hmm. then the, that's this American, um, what's it called? Anime inspired. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, then we have Cannon Buster, where it's like, okay, a black guy is producing an anime. Even if the characters are, what did you say, multi coded? So I guess he's. He was saying they're like culturally coded, so they're not black because the story doesn't really take place on Earth. So you know they're not like you know considered like of African descent, but they are culturally coded as black in many ways. So yeah, yeah. So it's like you see kind of um different ways it's to a do pro- representation, but yeah. it's a progression of representation too mm-hmm. because we um first you you kind of mimic, then you put yourself in that land, and then you create the story yourself. So this next is like the third part of i guess the trilogy of lashawn thomas you can kind of say where he's yeah. now producing an anime with a black lead and i i think and yasuke yes sorry yasuke yasuke i'm gonna yeah. work on that but yasuke <laughs> that story um because um you know chadwick Boseman, he was actually supposed to play that role in this oh, movie yeah. and it broke my heart to think that i'll never get to see him in that movie when he mm. passed away sadly earlier oh, this year yeah. But when I heard they were going to make an anime adaptation, they were going to have the Keith playing. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to get the the character that I wanted to see, but I'm still going to get a chance to feel that representation mm-hmm. of not only a person who likes Asian culture, but loves anime and is mm-hmm. black and loves history. And all these are going to bind into one thing. And, you know, shout out to Flying Lotus. He's going to be working on the album and oh, the music yeah. for him. 100% Exciting. down. Yeah. 
And the thing about him is that for you guys who don't know, like he produces music in such a way where like you're gonna feel like the flow of the room and the flow of that what's going on in that particular scene. So I'm just really excited for that. <laughs> I can't wait, yeah, for yeah. real. And I know Lakeith is gonna be great as well. Yeah, so look out for that one. Okay, so that's it for our show. Um, shout out to Origami and Eric Godflow Beats. I used their um, instrumentals in the background, as well as um, shout out to Clay. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Otaku Americano, O-T-A-K-U-A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-O. Have a good one. Bye.